Hello, everybody. Rainy here with another... Another... Wait. What was I doing? Hello, Rainy here with another solo role-playing game. I'm going to be doing this one as a one-shot as well, and I am playing the incredible Anamnesis by Samantha Lee. Anamnesis is a solo journaling role-playing game about self-discovery, reflection, and identity when you wake up with memory loss. It uses a deck of tarot cards to prompt the player into filling in the blank spaces of their past and learning more about their present. I'm very excited to play this game. I've heard great things. I've heard it played, I think, once or twice on podcasts. And I'm just very excited to see how a tarot-based game is going to play. I do want this episode to feel a little different. I'm not going to go into the rules as much because the rules are very straightforward. So when I'm playing it, I'm going to try and leave the actual gameplay portion of it to be very immersed and focused on just flipping the cards, reading the prompt, and experiencing the memory I had forgotten. So let's get the how to play out of the way, and then I want to read a couple of things that I think are really interesting, and we will get right into it. I'm going to start the game by separating the tarot cards into five decks. The major arcana, And then each of the suits, which in my case for the tarot deck that I own, are cups, wands, discs, and swords. You shuffle each of those decks, and you draw one card from the Major Arcana deck that represents your shadow. It represents who I was in the past. Then I play five acts, each using a different deck. At the beginning of an act, I draw three cards and place them face down in front of me. I'll flip them over one at a time, read the prompt, and I use a major arcana card to influence how that prompt is resolved or information about it. And that's about it. So really what I'm going to be doing is doing five acts of three cards flipped from each of the decks and answering those based on a major arcana that I pull, always remembering what my shadow is and how that's going to be brought into the story of remembering who I was. Now, before I play, I just want to read a couple of things from the book, and then we're going to dive right into it. First is, I love that there's a page early on in this book that gives the definition of the word anamnesis. Noun. One, a remembrance of the past. Or two, the recollection of innate knowledge from a previous existence. So maybe these memories go deeper than just myself and my shadow. And then lastly, after you've read how to play the game and before you're ready to dive in, there's a page that simply takes some space and says, and here's where we will begin. When you are ready, take a deep breath and wake up. In the emptiness before I wake up. 
going to flip the first card from the Major Arcana and figure out what my shadow is. I have flipped the Emperor. I'm going to reference the book that I have with my tarot deck and loosely use the information provided there, but I'm also going to interpret it based on what's on the card, as well as just general information and how I feel it makes the most sense, especially in a game like this about remembering yourself. So, reading up on the Emperor, I find this a very appropriate card for my shadow in a game about memory loss, because it says here, the Emperor creates all of this with his own power and will, and has achieved it by destroying his past, or more correctly, by letting his past die to him. Importantly, it says here, he is not a brute. He carries no weapons, despite his superficially martial appearance. He carries a symbol, an insignia, which represents decisiveness, the domination of spirit over matter, and strength of will coupled with a humane approach to structure. This is what I was. Still veiled from some of the higher knowledge which is yet to come to me. But I've created sound structures and stability, and laid the foundations for further building. By leaving the old behind. Act 1 begins with the Deck of Discs. And the prompt begins, You wake up in an unfamiliar place, seemingly within a town or city, but you cannot remember who you are or why you are here. All you know for certain is that you are not in your home. And now we will draw three cards. The first card is the Six of Discs. I wake up in a city or a town, in a building that I know is not my home. And when my eyes slowly come to focus, I sit up and look around and find that there is someone at my side. Who is this person and what do they say to me? This will be influenced by the major arcana card that I flip, which is the sun. I think that it's only fitting that if experiencing this through my own eyes and perception, waking up with the light of the sun coming through a window, it is about the light that this person represents to me. They are illumination, as opposed to my shadow, which is the old self that I have left behind or let die. Surprisingly, there's a band at the bottom of the card playing, and I was in bands for years, personally. And I miss all of those guys. Everyone I was in bands with. I miss them immensely. I truly have not been around them enough in a long time. And I love that this card does say 
that it represents the collective intelligence, the integration of personalities. It represents great personal happiness, contentment, self-acceptance, and self-realization. There's something about being in a band, in a group of people who are all, the term that I would use as a bassist is locked in. When you know that everyone is riding the exact same wavelengths, you all know what you're supposed to play, and you're all right on it. Now, obviously, this prompt says there's one person beside me. Towards the end of this description of the sun, it does say, This is not the time for selfish thoughts. This is a card of clarity, optimism, trust, foresight, and vision. A celebration of the small self at the gate of cosmic consciousness. To come, revelation followed by dancers. Now, not to get too mushy here, but if I'm going to wake up next to anyone who represents a light in my life, it could be the person that all of those years of music led me to. And the person who has influenced me to become much more, and that is my wife. And to play my wife accurately, I think that if I woke up next to her, very confused and clueless, the light of the sun coming in through a window in my face, she'd look at me and say, You look like shit. The next card is the nine of discs. The prompt says, you realize you're having an intense craving for something. What is it that you're craving? Flip the arcana. The star. Now this card is very feminine. There is water being poured both on a person and out into what looks like maybe a sea with a pearl. I think that... I'm just incredibly thirsty and dehydrated. Like all that light of the sun and leaving behind my shadow has just dried me up. But plants need water to survive and grow. Everything needs water to grow. And I think that as a starting over point, the first way to do it is Dig up everything that was there, start new, and start watering. The last card of the first act is the Eight of Discs. As I get up, I feel weights in my pocket, and my hand closes around a memento. What is it, and how does it make me feel? Flipping the Major Arcana. The devil. Uh-oh. Now this card says that he protects the small self. The ego. Obviously, the devil often considered the prince of darkness. Darkness being shadow. And it says here that one's inner darkness and shame must be confronted, otherwise it becomes a chain. There are two lovers chained at the foot of the devil on this card. This card is about taking care of oneself, the small self, but balancing it with development and not becoming over-identified with the mask of ego. And I think that 
representative of all that darkness and that shadow of who I was. Waking up to the light. Starting over. It shows these lovers on the card, and they are chained together. But the devil himself is in a pentagram drawn in a circle. And somewhere in between the circle that he's in and the chains that bind, those seem obviously negative. But at the same time, I'm thinking. And I never take my wedding ring off, but... I think maybe in my pocket, having slipped off at some point. Again, I don't have a memory of what's been going on, but I find my wedding ring. And I slip it on. And we move on to... Act 2 consults the Deck of Swords. Having gotten my bearings, I'm walking through the town. Part of me knows it, knows it very well, but I cannot remember it. And so we draw three cards from the Deck of Swords to remember. The first card is the Two of Swords. Your eyes are drawn to a statue. What is this a statue of? And what emotions does it stir in you? The major arcana is the Wheel of Fortune. Everything is cyclic. Everything changes and nothing is permanent. It is not chance or accident. We are responsible for our own destinies. In the center of the wheel is objectivity. A person who is centered and moved away from preoccupations of their own ups and downs towards a more objective view. Around the wheel are three mythical creatures. There is a sphinx. It looks like Horus, I think, is the hawk-headed Egyptian. And then there is like a salamander with a trident. These three are always kind of opposing one another. The goal is to move towards the center of the wheel and be more in harmony with these forces. So I think that maybe this isn't a statue at all, but maybe it's like a fountain. And I think that, you know, people throw coins in fountains, making wishes about how they want things to be. That could represent the wheel, right? The illusion of chance and accidents and destiny when it really is about what we do with things. And I think that the feelings, the emotions that it stirs in me is that it's always going. It's never going to stop. So go with it. The second card in the swords 
is the Ace of Swords. Low cards for this one. You take in the sights, sounds, and smells of the town around you. How does the town itself make you feel? Does it feel like home? And the major arcana that we are going to reference are the lovers. So I think, yeah, I think it feels like home. I think it is very strong feelings of a place I belong. And I'm very much a believer in home is not a place, it's a person or people. The card in my personal deck here shows two lovers dancing beneath an arrow. There are other symbols on the card, which I'm not sure what they mean, but let's go ahead and read and see if I can figure out if there's any other interesting ways to build on why this place feels like home. I do love that part of the explanation for this card. It says that when it appears in divination, there is a choice to be made. The sword is the sharp, precise instrument of dissection and analysis. But since messages which come from the heart are fundamental to the lovers, then an intellectual analysis will not suffice. And I'm a very scientific, intellectual, I'm very methodical and logical. So the question of what do I really want deep down? The answer to that question isn't found in analysis. It's about development of self, which is what this is all building on. I've got to get to the core of what my heart truly desires. So last card as I walk around the town in the deck of swords is the three of swords. I drew the ace, the two, and the three. In front of you walks a couple. Oh, wow. They're holding hands and smiling. How does seeing this couple make you feel? Does it remind you of anyone? And the major arcana is once again the star. The card that shows a statue before a window with a star in the distance. A woman pouring water over herself and out into a body of water with a pearl in it. And if we recall, the star is very much about the relationship to humanity, link with the larger consciousness, not the small self that we dealt with in the devil card. And I love this, going back to it, and the first thing I read is that it's a very positive and benevolent card, indicating peacefulness, faith restored, a clear picture of attainable joy and renewal of hope. So it's almost like I am now seeing what I wasn't seeing before, what I had but couldn't acknowledge. Seeing these lovers, this couple holding hands in front of me, it's like I've been walking forward but looking back at my shadow. And letting it go is allowing me to turn around and be present and see that potential, that hope. Oof, 
I'm going to stop recording this and go very emotionally tell my wife how much I love her, and she's going to be very confused. But we've got three more acts to go. On to act three. Mentalities into the ground. I'm impressed with the fallacies you found. These mentalities got you wrong. I'm impressed with the fallacies you cast my Act 3 consults the Deck of Cups. You manage to find your home. The facade is unfamiliar. You fish the key out of your pocket and open the door. We will put our three cards down and flip the first. The Nine of Cups. I stumble upon a collection. What is it that I collected? And the major arcana I flipped is the universe. I don't know if I'm supposed to be playing this as me, but I'm a world-building RPG nerd. I love well-fleshed-out worlds and universes beyond my own. I have way too many books in my personal library. So I think that that's it. Oh, it gets even better. Perfection is the key word of this card. It is concerned with perfecting of a process or the final attainment of a goal. I am a perfectionist. Anyone in the DMs will tell you I'm annoyingly perfectionist when it comes to things. There is a figure dancing while planetary objects and more fly all around them. And it says here, it is not a dance of frenzy or sensual ecstasy, but rather a focusing of the awareness until a point of rare stillness and calm is reached at the very center of your being. From chaos to stillness. Elements in balance. It says here that the birth of a new cycle is imminent, just as surely as a cycle is coming to an end. The psyche feels balanced and whole. Consciousness is blending self consciousness and subconsciousness. Isolated in between my conscience and the world. This environment is like a cell, skin to fit to my own body. From my position, I can't really see the bright side, but my back is burning from the heat of the sun. It is not only completing a journey, 
not only an end, but a new beginning. My home, unfamiliar, represents new possibilities. So the second card, the Knave of Cups. So I had to actually look this up because my Universal Tarot deck doesn't have four court cards like most tarot decks. It only has three. Most tarot decks, I believe, have a knight, a page, a queen, and a king. But mine only has a knave, a queen, and a king. So... Because there are prompts and questions for both knight and page, I needed to find out which the knave was analogous to. And it looks like it's the page. So I'm going to answer that question, which says, There is a dent in one of your walls. What happened here? Flipping the major arcana card. The empress. Now, I'd have assumed this was me. I'm not one to get mad and hit walls or anything like that. That's never been my style. But let's see what the Empress says and see if we can make any sense of this. Why is there a dent in the wall? In the card, she's surrounded by a couple of birds and strange animals. And the book here says that part of her aspect is secret unknowable nature but that she is receptive and open. She is a mother, and I do have a child, a toddler, who could definitely probably put a dent in a wall, but let's keep reading. There is a part of this card which represents the coming of spring, which is appropriate for when I'm recording this and when this will be releasing. It is just beginning to transition out of winter here in New England. Hmm. The card does continually call to the maternal nature of the Empress. So I think that I can think of a few things around my house that my toddler has yanked off the wall, shelves we put up, or, you know, pulled halfway out the gate that's at the top of the stairs. So I think that maybe, as opposed to a dent, maybe this is just like some damage from my little one. And yeah, I could spackle those holes, but our final card for the suit of cups is the six of cups. And this card looks pretty cool. It's got like six, obviously six, but I wonder what these are supposed to be flasks, maybe? You find an item that was gifted to you. What is the item and who gave it to you? Our major arcana is the Hermit, which honestly, I've been joking, is me ever since COVID. But let's see what the Hermit card has to say. Oddly enough, a gift from the Hermit who represents detachment from worldly things, self-illumination, independence, and aloneness, not to be confused with loneliness. The card shows a lantern in one hand and a serpent in the other, and he looks to be inside of an egg. And another interesting thing is that the card mentions the need to create a powerful, self-sufficient circuit of energy, which allows for that vitality to flood the consciousness without tension. I think self-sufficiency is a big part of this. Obviously, hermits can be out on their own, 
and they have a system. They know what works for them. They know how to survive on their own. And oddly enough, if you've been listening to any DMs After Dark stuff, you know that me and Christian have been working on a post-catastrophe-esque game about survival and rebuilding in communities and life without electronics, how absolutely devastated most people would be. So I think that the gift could actually be some of the survival-based items I have, things like folding saws and knives and shovels and campware, things like that. And oddly, I think that at least some of this stuff that I've received that I use often when I'm out in the woods for my job and just considering what would I do if I needed to make shelter here or find food here was given to me by coworkers who are also natural environmental nerds. So it reminds me of that small group of people who have similar interests. So we move on to Act 4, The Wands. After waking up, finding my home in this town that felt familiar but unknown, I've learned much about myself. Act 4 is about taking time to reflect. We've drawn three cards from the deck of wands, and now we're reflecting about ourselves. First card is the Knave of Wands. I decide to seek company, perhaps reflecting on all of my books and the gift given to me about self-sufficiency, but seeing that dent made by my family. How do I go about finding this company? Let's flip our Major Arcana card. Let's repeat Major Arcana, and we got the Wheel of Fortune. Returning to the book, something I didn't bring up the first time is that in the corners of the picture on the card, there are two open hands. They represent giving protective influence and positive healing power in one hand and taking away pain and suffering in the other. And I think I allow myself to put my hands on the walls of what I know now is my home and run them along as I walk through the hallways and rooms until I find my family. And I just want to sit and hold their hands. Again, the Wheel of Fortune is about making your way to the center to be more in harmony with the forces and less chaotic as you swing around the outside of the wheel. The second card is the Ace of Wands. It's time for a change of appearance. What do I change, and why did I make this decision? Well, my wife would kill me if I said I shaved my beard, so I don't think it's that. Let's flip the Major Arcana and see if that gives us a clue. Ooh, another repeat. This is interesting because this is about reflection. And I flipped the devil card. Again, this has two chained lovers at the bottom. It has the devil holding a torch in the middle of a pentagram. It has flies on the card. Returning to the entry on the devil. It's a reminder that he represents the small self, the ego. You know, it's funny. 
is I've been playing this game thinking about myself and the change that I made. Oh, 13 years ago, right before I met my wife. And it may not seem like a big change, but as you all have probably heard me say, I was in bands for about a decade of my life. I had long hair at one point, and I looked goofy, but it was a big part of my image, obviously. And it was pretty much right before I started dating my wife at the very beginning that I cut off and donated 14 inches of my hair for a friend of mine who had fallen ill with leukemia and luckily, knock on wood, has recovered and has a beautiful family of his own now. I think that that could definitely be a removing of the ego. It was a time in my life when I thought I had to get serious about something. Maybe I woke up in a past iteration of myself and hadn't realized until I'd looked at myself in the mirror looking for company within my own curious home that I had my long hair again, which I've often joked if I could just snap my fingers and it grow back, I would do in a heartbeat. But maybe if I saw myself with it again right now, it wouldn't feel right. Because getting rid of it was a big part of growing up. So our last card, the Four of Wands. Wow, that's so weird. So you listen to some music. What are you listening to, and how does it make you feel? And this is so weird because literally just this past week, for the first time in a long time, I kind of, and I'm not even ashamed to say this, I kind of just binged all of my old band's music. I hadn't listened to it in a while, and when I listened to it, I remembered how proud I was of those songs. Yeah, I cringed a little bit because my singing voice is not that great, but wow, that's so weird that that's the card I pick. And normally when people ask, I never tell them what the name of my bands were. So if you listen to this podcast episode, feel free to go on Bandcamp and you can find my bands Casella and Animal Empire and my other band Sleep City. I was only involved in the Distance and Age album is out there on the internet as well. Go ahead. Give it a listen. Maybe it'll give you some insight as to why I'm such a weirdo. There were others, but I don't know if you can find those on the internet anymore. So, Well, first, I guess, I answered this question, but let's flip the Major Arcana. And I flipped the number one Major Arcana, the Magician. The card represents a gateway between transcendence and the manifest world. There's a symbol of infinity and the limitless potential of the conscious mind. All four of the suits of the tarot deck revolve around him. He has control over these elements. I think that's the power of music in this case. It can communicate anything. It can help you get through anything. It can help you remember things. I remember, I can remember where I was when I heard albums for the first time or songs always bring me back to a certain place. 
I think music is magic in a way. It's one of the purest forms of communication in a way that it can't be said with words. Just because I like to think of myself as a fool in those days does not mean that I was a fool. I was just practicing a different kind of magic. I love the ending of this description of the magician in the book that I have, which says, The magician has a vision. His sphere is one of communication, skills, and creative imagination. He's a bringer of new opportunities, and he tells us, yes, the journey is possible. And I've come to the end of my reflective journey here in Anamnesis. Which brings us to Act 5. Now obviously there is no fifth suit in a tarot deck, so Act 5 reads, Your past may shape your experiences, your thoughts, your desires, but it does not define you. You are in control of your own path. The road ahead may be built from the stones that you've gathered, but these fragments of your past do not dictate where that leads. It is time to move forward. Return your shadow to the Major Arcana deck. Then simply, choose one of the Major Arcana to represent your present self. Do not draw from the deck. Choose freely. You are in charge of your own identity. So who are you? And what do you do next? I don't know why, and I'm not going to read up on it right away, but the card I felt most immediately connected to was the moon, which is the number 18. I was born on the 18th. I don't believe in astrology, and yet here I am playing a tarot card game, but let's see what it says. It bears a similarity to the hermit, which I've joked about being. They deal with solitude, vulnerability, need for great personal strength, but the moon does represent a light in otherwise darkness. It represents the subconscious. There is a gateway on the card. It is a card of knowing, dreams, messages from the depths of sleep, but also a danger of falling asleep while on the journey. A reminder to listen to the quiet voice from within, to trust yourself, and complete the journey. So I am me. I'm influenced by the things I've done in the past, but I'm not defined by them. In a way, the emperor that I started with, my shadow, did let go of his past, which for me is music. I've gone back a few times and played in little things here and there, but I think it really is behind me. I'm okay with aloneness, but not loneliness. I have my home, which is my family, not necessarily tied to a place. And uh, I hope to be a light in the otherwise dark. I may not remember everything, but I liked this little journey of anamnesis. I am personally a skeptic on all of these things as far as tarot and divination and occult stuff, but I like them in theory. 
And I've actually done a few tarot, just random readings for myself and my wife and friends before. And even if it is vague enough and open enough that you can impose whatever kind of meaning you really want on it, I am always surprised at how topical and surprisingly relevant to not only surface things, but deeper things it can be. And again, I don't know if I was supposed to play this game as myself, but I liked doing it. And I hope that you enjoyed it. So thank you for an experimental one-player one-shot. A personal, spiritual one-player one-shot. But um, go check out Anamnesis by Samantha Lee. I will link where you can get it on itch.io in the description of the podcast. And I think it's time for the ending spiel. So here goes. If you like what we do here on DMs After Dark, definitely follow us, like us, subscribe on all the social medias like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and our Twitch. We love all the engagement that we get from people. We try very hard to get back to people and stay engaged. We are not the most savvy social media posters, but we are pretty personable people. So definitely do not feel shy to reach out if you want to talk about any kind of games that you're looking at or into or just want to gush about an experience that you've had recently or get our opinion on ideas that you have or which I mean I'm not pretending we are experts by any means you hear us week in week out we are kind of flying by the seat of our pants here but we appreciate any and everything if you like our podcasts please go rate us five stars on apple whatever it is now apple podcasts That's, I think, the one that does the most for getting us visibility and things like that. If you want to reach out to us directly, you can email us at dmsafterdark at gmail.com. We have a website in the works that is going to be up soon, so that's a nice place to just kind of get all the things that we're doing in one neat little spot. And I think we have merch and stuff coming soon. Who knows? We're always goofing on random little things here and there. Here's where I would apologize, and actually I totally do apologize, for playing myself and probably oversharing on the internet. Which is a different kind of problematic title for a podcast series than my last one. So until next time, remember who you were, but remember that that doesn't define you. I hope you have a great day, and I hope you get to game.